With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing, and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So wherever your next journey together takes you, start it off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Learn more at ProPlansport.com. Thanks for listening to the Herd Podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 12 to 3 Eastern, 9 to noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and FS1. Find your local station for the Herd at FoxSportsRadio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Herd. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Oh, here we go. It's hour two. We're ready to roll live in Los Angeles. It's the Herd wherever. You may be, and however you may be listening, Jason McIntyre is now joining us. In a few minutes, Eddie Johnson, broadcaster for the Phoenix Suns, rolled over rugged and loaded Charlotte last night. It's a nice W by the Suns. A lot of doubters out there. Not Uncle Colin. Love Kevin Durant. You could tell early, too, it was like, oh, yeah. It's so easy for him. Just like, give me the ball, hit a jumper. Doesn't need the ball a lot either. It's like a lot of scorers need the ball in their hands. He doesn't. Just give me the ball late in the shot clock. I'll take care now, of it. Charlotte also doesn't need to win. They're going for Victor Wembanyama. So, really nice win for Phoenix last night. Yes. <laughs> Super impressive. <laughs> so, J-Mac, um, this part of our about two weeks away from NFL free agency exploding. We also have the NBA season. Games now matter more. So, it's very. this is a very fun time. So, we all know you're as good as your quarterback in the league, right? So I went back. I said, let's take a sample size of the last 10 years, first-round quarterbacks. There have been 30. 30 quarterbacks, first-round quarterbacks. In the history of the NFL, that's where most of your great quarterbacks are, with all apologies to Brock Purdy. So first-round quarterbacks, been 30. There have been eight stars. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, Burrow, Herbert, Kyler Murray, Josh Allen, Lamar Patrick, Deshaun Watson. Those are stars. Some are better than others, but they're stars. I mean, Arizona's a, a shipwreck as an organization. Kyler got them to the playoffs. I mean, literally, they were just absolutely... Ad- and we don't even know if he ever had a good coach. We don't know if he... We, we think he's a bad owner, bad coach. GM left. He got him to the playoffs in a very good division. Kyler Murray's a star. There are 10 starters. They're starters in the NFL. I don't have to love all of them. Kenny Pickett, Justin Fields, Mac Jones, Tua, Daniel Jones, Jared Goff, Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota, laugh all you want. They won a lot of games. Uh, Blake Bortles got to a playoff. Teddy Bridgewater's borderline because he was hurt a lot. But they were starters in the NFL. You could win games. Last time Teddy Bridgewater got five straight starts, he went 5-0. and And then there are start overs. It just didn't work. Uh, never as good as you hoped. I mean, uh, Baker Mayfield did get to a playoff game, but it's, you know, it's Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Jordan Love hasn't 
played significant stretch in three years, probably won't play again this year. If he was great, he'd be playing. Dwayne Haskins, Baker, Sam, Josh, Trubisky. Carson Wentz, I'd love to put on the starter thing, but just too much. He was all over the map. I mean, they paid him a fortune. He was never worth the money. Paxton Lynch, Johnny Manziel, EJ Manuel. So eight stars, 10 starters, and 12 startovers. So what does that tell you? There's four quarterbacks with the possibility of being drafted in the first round. All four will be drafted in the first round. C.J. Stroud, Will Evis, Bryce Young, and Anthony Richardson from Florida. Statistically, one's going to be a star, one's going to be a starter, and two are going to be startovers. And this is not considered a great. Maybe there isn't a star in this one. We have had lots of drafts. There was the E.J. Manuel draft. There are drafts with no star quarterback. Next year, you're going to have two guaranteed minimum. Drake May at Carolina, Kayla Williams, USC. Those are stars. Those are big-time talents. Right now, they'd both be drafted one and two if they were available. That is without – I've had every GM I've talked to who said the exact same thing. Kayla Williams is number one, Drake May's two, this draft. So what does that tell you? Who is going to be the hit? And I, my takeaway is I don't know, but I think the most fascinating scenario is whoever Seattle drafts. Seattle – has a lot of unique opportunities. Most of these are bad, crappy teams and bad rosters. Seattle isn't. Seattle's the most talented team of all those. Seattle has a Super Bowl winning coach, a star left tackle, a star running back, a star receiver, a star corner, an ascending roster, playoff momentum. And thanks to the Russell Wilson trade, all sorts of draft picks. And you say to yourself, well, Seattle may take a defensive player. Pete Carroll said, slow down. We are never in this position to draft five. We're not going to be. We don't draft five ever in Seattle. We got to consider quarterback. Here's Pete Carroll. Oh, we, in the position we're in, we, we, we are totally connected to the quarterbacks that are coming out. Um, this is a really huge opportunity for us. Um, it's a rare opportunity. We, you know, we've been drafting in the low 20s for such a long time, you just don't get the chance at these guys. So we're deeply involved with all that. Seattle, look at those two 10 teams drafting. Seattle's got all the box stuff. Star running back to help you out. Star left tackle. Star wide receiver. Star coach. They've got their cornerback. Don't have to, don't have to draft that. They need an edge rusher. They, you could argue they don't even need a quarterback because Geno got them to the playoffs. So they don't have a lot of needs. They have momentum. They're not paying a majority of their really high-end players, and they've got a boatload of draft picks. So you start looking at those top 10 teams, none of these quarterbacks, in my opinion, are good enough to overcome chaos. Seattle doesn't have any. Seattle's got a playoff roster. I don't know. You start looking at those teams. I don't think any of these quarterbacks can overcome. Now, Philadelphia at 10 is not taking a quarterback. So, But, but the other nine teams there, Seattle's the only one you're like, left tackle, star back, star coach, star receiver. They've got in their D-line, Shelby Harris, an elite defensive lineman. They've got that last year they had a, a home run in the fifth round at corner. They got a star corner. Um, they like they got they got star safeties. They really are ready to win. So you can, by the way, you can bring your quarterback in, wherever it is, and he can sit behind Geno for a year. You don't even have to play him. So it feels like to me, if Seattle goes quarterback, this will statistically, that will be the greatest potential for a star. I would counter, why not Detroit? 
They've got a they're better not, offensive line. But they're not, they've got a great offensive coordinator. They've got an awesome receiver in St. Brown. They're not taking a quarterback. Why not? Because they have Jared Goff. If Aaron Rodgers retired, Goff's in a short list of the best quarterback in the NFC. Of all their defensive... Are, are ne- we overreacting to a really good year with an outstanding offensive coordinator and a tremendous offensive line? He, if you are Detroit, he got Colin... To, he, got, he, got to, he got to a Super Bowl. Yeah, like five years ago with Sean McVay. If you're looking at Detroit and you say, wow, Jared Goff, he's going to eat into the cap. He's like, you know, the 10th or 12th highest cap hit among quarterbacks. What if we got a rookie quarterback in there and we moved on from Goff? Yeah, it'd be great if it was Caleb Williams. None of these guys are, I don't, first of all, Goff is six, four and a half with a really nice arm, playoff experience, big game experience. You start looking at quarterbacks in this league. Goff is way higher than anybody wants to acknowledge. I like Derek Carr. Goff's better. Who had a better year last season, Geno Smith or Jared Goff? Jared Goff's a better player. Easily. Easily. Jared Goff is easily a better quarterback. So why'd Sean McVay move off of him? Because Sean McVay standards are way up here. And it's like, to run my, and it worked. I told you yesterday, you think I'm crazy. With all these injuries to Stafford and his contract, which is a little bit of a weight yes. to the Rams. No, that's right. Like the Rams behind the scenes are not in love with Stafford right now because he won't rework his deal. So he is limiting what they can do. The gap between Stafford and Goff is not as big as everybody thinks. One's got a better contract. One is younger. One never. Jared Goff doesn't miss starts. You know what he else? Didn't miss him at Cal when he was getting the you know what kicked out of you it. You know what else he doesn't do? He doesn't run. He's immobile. He has cement shoes. You upgrade to a uh, Bryce oh, Young, a CJ Stroud. You've now got a mobile quarterback. Ben Johnson adds a totally new element to his quarterback who can move. Geno Smith, by the way, very good with his legs last year. Man, you is this? I, I don't not like Goff. It, I just it, oh, think, yeah, sounds like a love affair here. <laughs> I just feel like. If you reset that quarterback contract, Colin, with a young quarterback, with that offensive line, the weapons, the offensive coordinator, I think Detroit in a year or two is a Super Bowl contender. Super Bowl, not playoff, Super Bowl contender. Oh, boy. Okay. All right. Appreciate you participating today. (laughs) Former NBA player for almost two decades. One of the great shooters. Eddie Johnson, Suns broadcaster, NBA Sixth Man of the Year. He's listening to us talk about this nonsense, and Eddie's like, can you just get to me? Can we get stop this nonsense talk? So I, so I was a believer that KD was going to work. He was going to work instantly. I think you guys should be favorites or co-favorites because I think he's a catch-and-shoot. I don't think he takes away from others. I think you can get him the ball late in the clock. I think you have a high-functioning team. Um, were you surprised last night, Eddie, how effortless it kind of looked? No, not at all. Look, Kevin Durant is a hooper, man. Uh, he continually tells us this. He loves basketball, right? He doesn't like the other stuff around the game. He loves getting between the lines and playing. And he plays the right way. Like, he can fit into any offense. Why? Because he is effective off the ball. Just get it to him. I don't care if it's four seconds on the clock. He's going to get a good look. 
because he's seven foot tall. He sees over the defense. He's one of the purest shooters in the history of the game. Yeah. And he's going to give you numbers. And so I felt like he would fit into any offense, regardless where he is. I'm just happy that he's here in Phoenix. So I've always liked Chris Paul a lot. And I, my takeaway, you know Devin Booker better than me, but he's kind of chill. He doesn't need all, you know, Devin's just a chill young guy. Minds me a little bit of Clay Thompson. He just, he's he's living his best life. He's having a good time. So, and I think, so I think, I don't see a lot of ego with this team. Personality. Not at all. Okay, so you you tell me because I think I think sometimes Kevin can be put off by conflict and that kind of stuff. Not a not a bunch of egos in Phoenix. Not at all. I think it was a good bridge when Ricky Rubio came first as a point guard to help Devin understand that he's not going to win if he's taking all the shots if he's just searching to score seventy points. And I think Ricky Rubio was really was a great transition to Chris Paul. And when Chris Paul came in, I think Devin understood it right away. He didn't have to really just go aggressively because we know Chris Paul is very aggressive. And I just think they just mixed. And Devin wants to win. I mean, Kobe Bryant obviously was a great mentor and role model for him. And, you know, he had a lot of conversations with him. And Devin knows he can score, but Devin wants to win. And I think he's going to do everything that he can to help KD get acclimated to this team. Now, Colin, you saw last night, Devin took a ton of shots. He had 37. Yeah. And what I tell people is, is KD is going to make the game so much more easier for Devin because now he's not getting double teamed. He's going to get that pristine one-on-one coverage, and that's going to take a lot of pressure off the both of these guys. So I expect Devin to be honed in, just looking for, for an opportunity to get a championship. He's not worried about anything else. Here's the concern is that Chris and Kevin are older, they can be brittle, Mm -hmm. that this is a huge roll of the dice by the organization. It will work this year, maybe next year, and then Phoenix could be in trouble. Is that a fair criticism? No, that's a fair criticism. I mean, look, and and most players know this. When they get north of 30, uh, you know you're either going to be at the top or you're going to start to slide down. The great thing about Kevin Durant and, and Devin Booker is they stay in the gym. like. They're prepared. Like, they're not going to give in to father time right away. And I think that's the beautiful part of these two individuals and in that you can see it in regards to how quickly Kevin Durant comes back and how effective he is when he does get back from injury. Like, he didn't miss a beat last night, and he's been out over a month. So I think that's the one sign that you look for for guys, Colin, to see when they do come back, are they effective right away? And right, and last night we saw Kevin Durant looking like Kevin Durant as he has all year long. Yeah, he is. He is really. He is really so much fun. Uh, the very few guys like him that you can give him the ball early in the shot clock. Mm-hmm. He can score, and you and you don't have to design stuff. You have the play breaks down. You got four seconds on the clock. You give it to Kevin. He gets a great shot. I want to ask you. Yeah, though, he- yeah. What I'm sorry. It, it, but it is interesting because a lot of our best players are ball centric. I had right. reservations about Westbrook to the Clippers or Kyrie to Luca. I always said this about James Harden. Generally in basketball, some stars score and they take shots away from other players. Yeah. Luca's a fascinating player. My my buddy J Mac here loves him, and I'm like, listen, there's a little James Harden here. He's not a great defender. And now we're seeing how good Jalen Brunson is when he leaves him. Wow. How do you look? Did you play with guys in your era that had a little bit of a hardened Luka feel where they're great, they're Hall of Famers, they'll be all-timers, but they're kind of hard to play with? 
Yeah, I would throw Kristaps Porzingis in there too. I think he's looked pretty good in Washington on the floor. I, <laughs> right. You know, I think the, the tough part is with Luca and, and with James Harden when he was in Houston, I love the James Harden that we're seeing today, is that he's given his teammates, Harden is, an opportunity to maybe, if they do get the ball from him, they got more than three seconds to decide what they're going to do. And I think with Luca, you don't get that in Dallas. And now with he and Kyrie, you got two guys that's pretty similar. And now those other guys aren't going to get great looks. Uh, case in point, Tim Hardaway the other day, who should be their third scorer, he only took six shots and he made four of them. And in 37 minutes. Wow. So, you know, between those two guys, they got to learn to understand and trust other guys longer than the two or three seconds and thinking they have to set them up. And I think that's where Dallas is going to run into it. And Kyrie's going to get the blame, obviously. That's going to follow him. But I honestly believe that he is trying. I mean, he is trying to do it the right way. It's going to be difficult with Luka, though. So uh, I I didn't love last night. AD didn't play, and he was a hundred percent pain free. And baseball's got their analytic people, and they're you know they're telling managers what to do. And managers are always saying, "Listen, there's momentum, and analytics don't tell you about momentum." And I thought last night was a great example. AD's had a reputation as soft, and so pain free. LeBron out on the road, huge game, and he sits. And I'm like. I don't like, I don't, you got to go to that medical department and say, fellas, I'm playing. I know what I make. I know what you make. I'm playing. I didn't like it at all. Where do you fall on this whole health science momentum in the league that just takes stars out regularly? I never missed a game uh, that I was not injured. Okay. I was hurt a lot. It's just funny to me that players today tend to think that they need to get close to 100% to play. And I'm quick to remind players, the moment that you put an NBA uniform on, you'll never be 100%. <laughs> never. Like, you will never, this marathon of 82 games, traveling, practicing, you don't have a chance to be 100%. You try to build back to 100%. It's like filling up your gas tank. Yeah, okay, you get down low, fill it up. Guess what? You're still going to run out of gas. Okay, and so I think they don't understand that. And I think it gets them in trouble. And then listening to people that think from a science technology part that it's going to be better for them. But I think mentally it hurts them because then they tend to not play when they're nicked up. And I think that's the biggest problem with these players today. They don't practice a ton and they step back when they're nicked up. I actually agree with the Lakers, Colin, last night and sitting Anthony Davis because of this reason. They didn't know how long LeBron possibly could be out. And if they lose Anthony Davis, Right. If he aggravates it to a level where he can't play for two weeks, then they're definitely out of the playoffs. With Shea Gill just not playing last night, yeah. they rolled the dice, but they rolled the dice well. Yeah, Shooter played well. Finally, um, championship teams don't worry about seeding much. Uh, Warriors have proven they can go into Boston and win a game in the finals. That's They, they don't worry about that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's about getting the guys healthy. And I look at them now, and I think they've figured their bench out. So... Poole's going to give him scoring off the bench. Kuminga gives him athletic ability. Uh, Jamichael Green gives him a little size. Uh, DiVincenzo gives him leadership, toughness, can hit a jumper. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel like Clay's having a year, Eddie. I kind of feel like they found it. It took him a while, but it looks like they figured the bench out. You buy that or not? I don't think they ever lost it. I just think that father time as you noted with, with other guys, it's, it's catching up to them. The marathon last year, I thought, took a lot out of them because I don't even know if they thought midseason that they could win a title. 
and all of a sudden they fell into it and they won one. And like Curry right now, it maybe was good for him to have the injury, so to speak, yeah. because it gave him a chance to rest. And he'll be he'll come back and he'll be just as good. He's one of those guys too that when he gets back on the court, he's going to be productive. Uh, I just think that they're going to be there and they're going to be a problem. But I, for me, I just think that marathon, man, that marathon year after year after year, and I've heard Draymond talk about it, it just gets laborious. And I just want to see if they're able to overcome that. I just don't know. But I'm not going to go against them because I, I've been – Greg Popovich shut me up after thinking San Antonio would fall away for years and years and they were right there in your face. And I'm not going to do that with Golden State either. Eddie Johnson, former NBA player, uh, watched him for years. He was an automatic bucket. Uh, he could still hit a jumper today. Don't challenge him to a game of horse. You'll end up uh, you'll end up losing that one. As always, Bally Sports Arizona, my friend, it's great seeing you again. Thank you so much. Thanks, Colin. Appreciate it. Okay. Eddie could get a bucket. Anytime. Off the bench. Eddie was a bucket. Yeah, the big difference between Eddie Johnson and I is he could create and get his own shot. I'm more of a catch-and-shoot guy. (laughs) That's how you're labeled in the industry. Want more Herd? The Herd streams 24 hours a day, seven days a week within the iHeartRadio app. Search Herd to listen live or on demand whenever you'd like. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, 
Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Start your journey of self-discovery, convenient, affordable online therapy. Go to betterhelp.com slash herd jmac with the news no 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 no. turn on the news this is the herd line news so Dak prescott led the nfl in interceptions with 15 last season yeah tied for the lead um despite missing five games with a thumb injury mike mccarthy taking over as Dak's offensive play caller this year kellen moore of course headed to the chargers so mccarthy's said he thinks Dak will benefit from the new voice in his head this upcoming season. This is a new challenge for him. Uh, these are his, his words. He's very excited about it. Um, and, you know, I, I just think like anything, he's he's had a chance uh, to, to go from the different variations of the offense that was in place. Uh, we're going to build it off of what, you know, he has established. We obviously as an organization, myself included, uh, feel very strongly about him as our future. And uh, we will definitely build this thing around him. Don't like it. No, that's a pullback team. We both think, you and I last year agreed with a lot of what happened. When we agreed on a pick or a, or, or a, a change, we were right. And early on, I think we nailed the Eagles as a team to watch. Okay. Right? Yeah. We both think Denver's going to double their wins. I pick a team every year to double their wins. It was last year, I said Minnesota, I didn't think, you know, they, they'd won like seven or eight. I said, they're going to be significantly better. They were. Denver's going to be that team. We'd agree on that. Um... You were early on Jacksonville last year. The Giants were one of my best calls. I bet their you alt, did. alt wins. I thought they'd win way more. They won nine games. Okay. Um, would you Would you buy into this? Dallas is a pullback team. Dallas is not a player. Let's see what happens at free agency. You know, um, there's a lot of talk about Pollard being gone. Like, if they lose Pollard, they have to draft. Well, a they got to tag somebody. Uh, I think top Pollard will probably be tagged. What about their tight end? That's more replaceable than Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard is a great out of the backfield, good blocking back. So it's going to be C.D. Lamb and no other elite players on the front. Draft picks. Rookie tight ends don't cross. I don't know. Does, does what McCarthy's saying sound a little bit like Pete Carroll versus Russell Wilson? No, in it Seattle? sounds like, like Kellen Moore got too much credit. I, I think this is what it sounds like to me. Kellen Moore got too much credit for Mike McCarthy's liking. And you, we've seen this before where a, a, a head coach gets a little insecure about okay. a coordinator getting a lot of love. The great coaches don't. Andy Reid never does, but Andy Reid's different. But you've seen head coaches get a little insecure about the coordinator, the hot coordinator getting attention. I hear stuff like, we want to run the football more, win with our defense. The That's Bears archaic. led the NFL in rushing. It's, it's just, I don't know. Cowboys, it's going to be a long season for uh, Cowboys fans. Next up, now this is spicy. So, Lamar Jackson has this contract situation. It's been the big story for the Ravens all offseason. Injuries have ended his season each of the last two years. I know. But the Ravens have had a lot of injury issues. Here is GM Eric DaCosta talking at the Combine about the challenges they've had at wide receiver. If I had an answer, that means I would probably have some better receivers, I guess. We're going to keep swinging, you know. Uh, There have been some guys that, you know, have been successful players for us that were draft picks. We've never really hit on that all-pro type of guy, which is disappointing, I would say. But it's not for lack of effort. It's one of those anomalies that I really can't explain other than to say we're not going to stop trying. We're going to keep trying. If we've drafted, I don't know, Chad would probably know, but 
probably at least five or six receivers in the last four years, maybe. Um, we're going to just keep swinging, and, and hopefully at one of these points we'll hit the ball out of the park. He, he clearly misspoke there. You don't lead with, we would probably have some better receivers. So this prompted one of his receivers, Rashad Bateman, what who say? was their first-round pick who was very heated on social media. He posted this. He deleted it after about 30 minutes. But uh, I, don't, I don't think – I don't need to read it. You guys can see it on the screen there. But basically he's saying, how about you play to your player's strengths and stop pointing the finger at us at number eight? Colin, the culture in Baltimore has been really strong for a long yeah, time. I know. You got a lot of frame. chatter. Remember the comments a running back had? Uh, the, the kid out of Ohio State. I'm spacing on his name, but um, he was unhappy earlier this year. Uh, Dobbins. Thank you. Uh, J.K. Dobbins had some problems. Hollywood Brown, remember, previously no. was like, get me the ball. No, like, this, get has me out become, of here. this has become a, a rarely noisy organization. Noise is trouble. Noise is trouble. The, the, the easiest way is to make a decision on Lamar Jackson, and they can't come to any solution here. So, there, you know, then this uh, players rating the um, organization review that we talked about earlier, their strength and conditioning coach has been lit up by like half a dozen players on the team on social media today. They got an F- minus in that category. So it's getting ugly in Baltimore. I don't know that there's a quick fix here because, Colin, without Lamar Jackson, this is like a five-win team. Oh, no, they're, especially now that Deshaun Watson back with reps – Burrow, Kenny Pickett's more than capable of winning games. I like games. Pittsburgh next year, and you love Joe Burrow. Um, we'll see Cleveland and Deshaun Watson will be better. Baltimore has to figure this out. They don't have a lot of time either. Final story. Jason Tatum and the Celtics. Nice win against Donovan uh, Mitchell last yeah, night. Look Tatum, at my guy. Yeah, Tatum Jason was great. Tatum. But in fact, instead of that. giving all the love to Boston, Cleveland once again against the Celtics. I think it's the third time they've played them this year tight. Cleveland yeah, matches up won, with Boston. They had won the last two, but they couldn't stop Tatum. He had 41 and 11. Well, it was okay. And eight assists. 20th career game with 40-plus points. Uh, excuse me, Mr. Cowherd. I need to ask you, when will you finally come around on Jason Tatum as an elite superstar top five guy in this league? He's not, but he's really good. I will say this, though. Isn't the story of this game, they've played three times. The finals... Two games from winning the title, Celtics. And this pesky young Cavs team has given Boston fits. They were in that game last... But this Cleveland team is going to knock somebody off. They're going to knock somebody off. I like Cleveland a lot. This is at Boston, well-rested. You talk a veteran team and a bunch of kids. Cleveland's good. Cleveland's going to knock somebody off. You don't want to face them in the first round. It's probably going to be the Knicks-Cavs in the first round. Not great for our guys. No, no, no. The Knicks can't keep up with their offense. No, this this Cleveland team, that game last night is the kind of game you feel like a little bit of a hornet's nest because they went to New York. Boston goes to New York and is totally flat and gets blown out. So coming back home, they got chewed by the staff. You thought Boston was going to be a game, and they were, and they went to the end. Cleveland's a real team. So uh, we have this stat just because I need to pump up. I'm going to bet a, little a little lot bit. of NBA this year. M- most 40 point games with the Boston Celtics. Obviously, Larry Bird had a billion. Yeah, it's not. But close. he played in a lot of games. Look at Tatum. I know people love Paul Pierce for some irrational reason. I never thought he was awesome. Jason Tatum is going to pass Paul Pierce in 40 point games with the Celtics. Look at how few time he's 424 games. Tatum is well. It's also against, it's also I know a, a little bit of an offensive league now. I get that. I like him. I, I mean, I don't want to say stuff, but like, you asked me who would I who had a who, who would I take as a better player, Pierce or Tatum? No question, Jason Tatum. He is an unbelievable. Well, Pierce was an elite was defensive player. 
He was a clutch player. Paul Pierce yeah. was very good. Yeah, Paul Pierce could not do anything until they fixed that Paul team Pierce and got better Paul took players. over a finals. Jason yeah. well, Tatum well, they had shrunk. A good team, but well, so is Boston. No, I mean he needed Kevin Garnett. They, they, they needed Ray Allen. Like they needed well, the everybody full team. needs somebody. He needed Marcus Smart I, and Jalen Brown. I, I think Jason Tatum's been to five Eastern Conference Finals already. I like him. You're not giving him enough love. Not for me, Colin. Come on. <laughs> He's a top. I like this game where I throw players at you, and you tell me who would you would rather. I think have. Jason Tatum is a top ten player in the league. Absolutely, absolutely. I don't think he he quite sometimes is quite grabs the moment by the throat sometimes trying for me. to think of a small forward who would say Tatum or... I, I like, can't say Kevin Durant. I like him I a lot. He's durable. He's smart. He works hard. I like him. You, you're, you're marginalizing it like I don't like him. I like him a lot. You probably have him fourth best player in the league. I fifth. have him, I think, fifth. Okay, I probably have him eighth, seventh. I like him. I, I think there are times I wish he was a little more aggressive in moments, but he's a very good player. It's just because he's quiet. He's not one of these Kevin Durant guys always causing drama. You love the drama kings. So let's admit it. You like the guys who are in the headlines, popping off. You like that. I like tire fires. There you so go. Like, I'm more of a quiet, no, I, understated, no, low-key, chill guy. Yeah, Yeah. if you said pick... Five guys in the let, let's pick five guys in the NBA for the next five years. So you got to get be fairly younger in your prime. Right. So he's one of them for sure. He's close. <laughs> I mean, Giannis is number one. Luca's number one. Giannis two. Tatum three. Uh, I think Jokic is going to win his third MVP. He's up there. He moves the ball. By the way, yeah. Jokic has given the Clippers fits. The Warriors don't know how to defend him. Jokic. Okay, slightly different position. Would you rather have Ja Morant as your centerpiece or Jason Tatum, Tatum. as your centerpiece? Tatum's a much better okay. defensive player. Glad we're aligned. Much up. better player. Yeah, yeah. I, I like we'll, Ja Morant. But, we'll, but it, maybe we'll talk about Ja Morant tomorrow. Okay. You can put him in today's show. I, I wanted care. to talk about him today, but well, go ahead. I got a little pushback. Well, but from who? Not me. I don't okay. care. Talk about what you want. That's an interesting. It's a. Uh, it's a fiery sword. We could. We could change it to J. I don't want us news. to get in trouble. I don't, I don't want us to there's get in trouble. There's nothing to get in trouble for. It's okay. just the story hasn't been. There's a lot of opinions now, and there's some pushback on the accuracy of the opinions. We are journalists. I, I mean, I, okay. I consider myself one of America's <laughs> great journalists. We are journalists. Well, I'm not. Okay, J. Mac with the news. Well, that's the news. And thanks for stopping by. The Herd. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. This is Steve Covino. And Rich Davis. And together, we are Covino and Rich. Covino and Rich. Thanks, buddy. Uh, That's right. Covino and Rich, Fox Sports Radio's newest hit show. Heard weekdays from 5 to 7 Eastern, 2 to 4 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Every Covino and Rich show is available as a podcast. Just search Covino and Rich wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe. I'm such a rockin' dude. The show features our unique take on sports, injected with some fun, humor, and relatability. Listen to Covino and Rich five days a week on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Covino and Rich, give me a hell yeah! Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. 
Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So uh, one of the things that I've written about this uh, and I've, I've talked about this before is there's two stories out there, the one you're fed and then the truth. And so a lot of people say things, uh, but they're, they're not really true, but they don't want to be controversial. They don't want to step in it. And so there's PR people everywhere. Here's who I never deal with with teams, PR people, <laughs> ever. I just call the executives because I want a straight skinny. I don't always report it. It's often informational. I have to protect some sources like everybody else, but I use information, cobble it together, have a stronger opinion, blah, blah, blah. You know that. So, but sometimes... I, I hope everybody in Miami gets the concussion thing. So Chris Greer, don't know him, capable GM, they've had on some draft picks, said health issues don't make them afraid of a long-term deal with Tua. Here he is. I mean, I can't lie and say no, you know, right. um, but it's it's not something that we're, uh, it's going to be make us afraid to do something long-term with him. So, um, you know, the one thing he's had is, is been banged up, but he always comes back and bounces back and plays hard and, and, and performs. So um, uh, excited for his future. I would be terrified to sign Tua. If he gets one more concussion, there will be an avalanche of voices saying it's over, including maybe medical professionals. So NFL concussions went up 18% last year, not because there were more concussions. That's not it. 
It's because they broadened the standard of concussions. So they're now admitting, yeah, that's a concussion. Those were all happening before, but the standard now has been raised appropriately. So we are now, the trajectory going forward is significantly more concussions. Again, they were happening for years. They've done safety measures to curtail them, but they just wouldn't admit what was a concussion. You'd see a guy wobble off the field. And let's stop calling Tua's injuries, quote, health issues. They're not health issues. They're concussion issues. Jimmy Garoppolo's got health issues, but he doesn't look like when he gets up and wobbles off the field, he's got a scrambled brain. Mahomes played well in the Super Bowl. He was injured. Jalen Hurts was brilliant in the Super Bowl. He was injured. Those are health issues. Con concussions are not a health issue. They're a concussion issue. It's the only injury in the NFL that if you play through it, it feels like a lawsuit is pending. Two is small. He's had several. There are people in this space that believe once you have concussions, you're more likely to have concussions again. Some players just never get them. John Lynch, GM for the 49ers. That guy led with his head on most of his tackles. Never had a concussion. Quarterbacks who are rarely hit have multiple. It does feel like now Tua is more prone to get them. The league, according to stats, is more prone to call them concussions. You can't sign them to a long-term deal. You're giving away money. You can't do it. So, I mean, this and this is a quarterback. It's not a Mike linebacker, a number three corner. The, the quarterback is the core of the franchise. Your owner's tied to him. Your GM, your coach, your receivers, your tight ends, your left tackles. Everything's tied to him. So, this feels like a little tone deaf. It, uh, it, this is not a... This is not a health issue. Jimmy Garoppolo's got injury issues and health issues. That, those guys, we played 55 quarterbacks last year. 55 quarterbacks played in the league. Tell me of all the injuries, what was the one that freaked you out? Remember his hands fencing? What was the one that freaked you out for quarterback injuries? Obviously, the DeMar Hanlon thing scared all of us. But I'm talking a quarterback injury. The one you really remember, it's Tua. So I feel bad. But if, if Tua, let's say in September... Coming off this year, in September, third week of September, Tua gets a serious concussion. You can't play him until Thanksgiving. So you got to consider this stuff. That, that's why I've said before, Bryce Young, Johnny Mandel, Kyler Murray, size matters. It, it, it's, you know, your bigger, stronger athletes, your, your, your big Ben's, uh, your Cam Newtons, your Josh Allens, at least for the first part of their career, can just take more shots, can get beat up more. It's the reality of this game. We have a regulated level of violence. So uh, I, I don't, I don't, I feel like I'm being fed a, a company line there, but I don't know how you can commit uh, even for a couple of years to two. I think you play him, you do your best, but I, I would draft a quarterback in this draft if I was Miami. Absolutely. I would go get a quarterback. Now, probably not with my first pick, but there's that Max Duggan TCU. I would absolutely make plans. And, and, and by the way, even when Brady was the best quarterback in the world, every other year, they were drafting quarterbacks. Like, that's the reality of the position. Outside of a Herbert, Mahomes, Burrow, you're drafting quarterbacks. That's, you know, that's just the reality of the space. What do you make of Tua? I saw a story that Tua, they announced at the Combine, he's doing some jujitsu to help him yeah. learn how to fall or sure. take a hit or, you know, tumble or whatever. I've never done jujitsu. I don't have yeah. you. No, I have no. not. No. no. Um, and it's like, it's the kind of thing where they're doing everything they can to yeah. try to keep him on the field. Because when healthy, 
pretty damn good quarterback. Well, in this in this offense, Brock Purdy was wildly successful. This is a very quarterback friendly offense, and I, I too is a great kid. But you, we've got to be honest here about all this stuff. This is not just a health issue. Concussion no. issues are totally different. So the league wrote a nine hundred million dollar check for the CTE stuff. So this is a whole. Di- this is not a show. They didn't write a nine hundred million dollar check for shoulder injuries. Yeah. You know, or, or hip pointers. It's interesting. Let me ask you: If Tua didn't have these moments last season with the concussion, right, right, right. would some of this Bryce Young talk be a little less? Well, you, you can't take him. Early. No, there's no question. I, I think there's a direct correlation. So then the question is: Well, are we overreacting to Bryce Young's size simply because of what happened at Tua? No, this past no. Season? I mean, the, the Sean Payton bite that we view—we probably have it back there. We've used it several times. When you have a top 15 pick, you, you don't go small. You, you. That's why I'll. When guys drafted like a Paxton Lynch or a Josh Allen, and you're like, I don't know. Well, they're six six two forty. They they you'll you'll roll the dice on that. Right. Going small at any position is a high risk proposition when you're talking a top fifteen pick. Can't go a short inside linebacker. There's been a lot of linebackers. Zach Taylor maybe undersized. Gary Brackett. They're not a top twelve pick generally. You're, okay, so D'Amico yeah. Ryan's comes into Houston. They have the second pick. There's a lot of talk about Bryce Young yeah, and yeah. Houston. And I'm I'm D'Amico Ryan's, and I say, listen to the owner and the GM. We've got two options. We can take Bryce Young second, right? Well, we like him a lot. Our scouting staff loves him. Yeah. I, we I can understand. punt on a quarterback early yeah. and just say, hey, there's better quarterbacks next year. We'll take our lumps. We'll listen. assess the roster and come back next year. And if we have a three-win team, yeah. we'll get. I I said this yesterday. The USC kid. I think I said it yesterday. I get the argument that if you're terrible at quarterback, you're like, let's just take Bryce Young, and for two years. He'll be better than what we have. I get it. Totally get that. I don't think he works in Chicago without weather and wind. But I could get a Houston doing it and just saying, listen, we're a disaster. In our division, we just want to be capable. We don't see him as, I said this, some some you date, some you marry. Not everything's a 12-year plan. Some stuff's a three-year plan. I get that. Sean Payton, though, talks about this. You're talking about early in the draft. The history can be cruel. Don't go small. Let's do this. Let's not draft small players in the first 15 picks of the draft anymore in the first round let's not let's not get away from prototype and i talked with bill parcells about this ron wolf and and those early picks have to be prototype players you have to pay attention to typing and and when you're looking at the health of players and you're looking at the size of players yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's never been a more physical game. And they've modified it at practice, equipment, rules. They've modified it. And there's no hitting at practice anymore. <clears throat> and we still played 55 quarterbacks last year. Think about that. That's almost that's almost to a team. It's weird because the Houston fans, they don't want to hear, you're going to stink again and win three games. No, I get it. I don't think they can understand how good the kid from USC is. You, you, you know him well. You know his family. This guy's going to be a superstar. Well, it, it, I, and nobody wants to tank Colin, right? You don't want to openly say that. But if you can fill other needs, get other great players, and then find the quarterback later? No, listen, it's, I, I think both are legitimate. I do get a team just saying, listen, Bryce is not going to last 10 years, but he's fun. He's the best. Our scouting department says he's the guy. He's a little small. Let's roll the dice. I get that. I mean, there's a lot of coaches out there. They need to win now. D'Amico Ryans has a three-year runway, but Houston fires guys, the well, last two guys, after a year. Yeah, they're not going to fire a third coach well, after one think, year. I wouldn't think you do after a second coach. The organization's a mess. 
So I, I get both, but I this whole idea that size doesn't matter for quarterbacks. Stop. Six two and ups all your legends. Like let like that that's the reality of it. Aaron Rodgers is actually historically a little small. Not, you know, half, you know, he's six one and a half instead of six two. All right, hour three next. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael tura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers.